Right, we'll turn in our Bibles to Exodus chapter 34. We're going to finish Exodus 34 today. I'm convinced. Convinced. Incidentally, just uh, before we look at that, the Queen's Honours list came out. And again, I wasn't on it. But... Uh, it, it, uh, that's right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> but, uh, you know, when you look at these honours... It, it's quite frightening. We said last week, you know, things are changing in this country. And there's no doubt about it. And when you see who has been honoured, and, and in particular Mick Jagger, a man who has had seven children from four different women, and he's been set up now as a, a knight of the realm. I don't know whether ever you heard of D.D. Ramon, but the Ramones were a group in the 70s. And they were completely immoral and wild. And the guy who, who was at the head of it was called D.D. Ramon. And all the other chaps changed. And none of them were actually called Ramon. They all changed their name to Ramon. But they were called the Ramones. And this fellow D.D., he, he set up his, this group. And then he eventually left it and went solo. But he wrote a book. He's a fellow of about 49, I think. And he wrote a book last year and he called it Chelsea Horror Hotel Chelsea Horror Hotel and punk rock D.D. Ramon who died this week from a heroin overdose you know if you go and look at the number of rock players that have died early in life compared with any other form of music if you go to orchestral music or any other form of music the number of people who commit suicide in the rock culture is staggering. There's an old dear, Mother Basilia Slink. This old dear of about 85 wrote a book on rock, on, on rock music. And the number of people who have died as a result of being involved in, in rock. See, I, I reckon she was well in her 80s when she wrote this book. I can't believe that this old dear sat down at that, that age and wrote a book about rock music. But it was exposing the number of people who have died as a result of this evil music. I mean, rock and roll, to start with, means sexual intercourse. That's, that's where the name comes from. And, and that's the start of it. So any, anybody who, who claims that they can still follow the Lord Jesus and be involved in rock and roll with a name like that, there's something wrong to start with. Well, go back to this fellow here. This is, this is staggering, I think. He, 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 it was eerily prescient about the manner of his parting. Last year, Ramon published Chelsea Horror Hotel, a novel in which his protagonist, also called D.D. Ramon, ends up taking an overdose. The book's final paragraph, this is what the book's final paragraph said, Are you happy now? I shouted in the air and rammed the hypodermic needle full force into my skull and pulled the plunger. The heroin exploded into my brain then in an instant I collapsed dead on the floor of the stage and I sunk down into hell while demons hovered over my body. And that last week this guy committed suicide with a heroin overdose. And those are the type of characters in a lot of these punk rock bands and rock and roll bands. And nobody says boo. And we're honouring 
similar type of fellows with knighthoods. There's something wrong. Something going badly wrong with this country. We need to pray earnestly. I was going to say more about that, but we haven't time. We need to pray for these young people involved in rock and roll and for those sad young men going down to a lost eternity. How very sad. Well, let's get back to Exodus 34, and we're going to start reading from verse 18. And maybe this will help us. We saw at the start of this chapter that God wanted the people to take heed and to separate themselves from the nations round about. And that's what we need to do. We need to live sanctified lives set apart for the use of God. And verse 18. From 17 he tells them not to make any molten gods. You know, we've just seen in a few chapters previously how they had made the golden calf. The feast of unleavened bread shalt thou keep. Seven days shalt thou eat unleavened bread as I commanded thee in the time of the month Abib. For in the month Abib thou camest out from Egypt. All that openeth the matrix is mine. All that openeth the womb is mine. And every firstling among thy cattle, whether ox or sheep, that is male. But the firstling of an ass thou shalt redeem with a lamb. If thou redeem him not, then shalt thou break his neck. All the firstborn of thy sons thou shalt redeem, and none shall appear before me empty. Six days shalt thou work, but on the seventh day thou shalt rest. In earing time and in harvest thou shalt rest. And thou shalt observe the feast of weeks, of the first fruits of wheat harvest, and the feast of ingathering at the year's end. Thrice in the year shall all your men children appear before the Lord God, the God of Israel. For I will cast out the nations before thee and enlarge thy borders. Neither shall any desire thy land when thou shalt go up to appear before the Lord thy God thrice in the year. Thou shalt not offer the blood of my sacrifice with leaven. Neither shall the sacrifice of the feast of the Passover be left unto the morning. The first of the first fruits of thy land thou shalt bring into the house of the Lord thy God. Thou shalt not see the kid in his mother's milk. And the Lord said unto Moses, Write thou these words, after, for after the tenor of these words I have made a covenant with thee and with Israel. And he was there with the Lord forty days and forty nights. He did neither eat bread nor drink water. And he wrote upon the tables the words of the covenant, the Ten Commandments. And it came to pass when Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tables of testimony in Moses' hand, when he came down from the mount that Moses wist not that the skin of his face shone while he talked with him. And when Aaron and all the children of Israel saw Moses, behold, the skin of his face shone, and they were afraid to come nigh. And Moses called unto them, and Aaron and all the rulers of the congregation returned unto him, and Moses talked with them. They apparently must have stood back from him. And afterward all the children of Israel came nigh, and he gave them in commandment all that the Lord had spoken with him in Mount Sinai. Until Moses had done speaking with them, he put a veil on his face. But when Moses went in before the Lord to speak with him, he took the veil off until he came out. 
And he came out and spake unto the children of Israel that which he was commanded. That's important. He always spoke what God had commanded him. That's what we should do. And the children of Israel saw the face of Moses, that the skin of Moses' face shone. And Moses put the veil upon his face again until he went in to speak with him, that is, with God. What a wonderful picture. Moses coming down, his face shining, beaming, with the light of God's reflection on his face. And the people, unfortunately, were afraid of him. I, I, I named this when I was doing this the other night. Set apart and holy and it showed. And you know, that's important. It should show. If we are Christians, it should show. You know, the disciples, it says that they were, had been with Jesus. They took note that they had been with Jesus. It showed in their lives. You know, we're still in this, these few chapters here are, are the parentheses between the receiving of the instructions as to how to build the tabernacle and the actual building of the tabernacle. And these events took place in between those two, two events. Moses, the first time, had come down, we saw, and the, the people had sinned and made the golden calf. And then he'd broken the tablets of stone, and then God had judged the people, and then Moses had gone back up again to plead for the people. And now Moses had, God had told Moses to get these two new bits of stone ready, and he'd gone up, and he was there for 40 days and 40 nights, communing with God and speaking with God and pleading on behalf of the children of Israel. And God said, I'm going to make a new covenant with them. We saw that last week. And he said, take heed that you do such and such a thing. Take heed. And we are to take heed. And we went through scriptures to see the numbers of times. We only did a couple of them. But where it says for us to take heed to ourselves. Take heed that we're in the faith. And we could do a whole study on that. Maybe sometime we will. And so they are instructed in verse 18. God having told them that he would get rid of their enemies if they followed him. But he gave instructions as to what they were doing. They weren't just to sit back and God was going to do the whole thing. No, they had to take heed to themselves and they had to remember to obey God's word. If God was going to be effective in their country and in their lives. They were to separate from the, the lifestyle of the people round about them. And they're now instructed to keep God's commandments. The feast of unleavened bread, it says, shalt thou keep. On the fourteenth day of Nisan or Ahab, they were to keep the Passover. And remember, back to the time they had come out of Egypt. God had miraculously brought them out of Egypt. At the, and, and now they were to remember that time when the Lamb had been slain and they had come out of Egypt and God had judged the people in Egypt and the, the firstborn had been killed and Pharaoh and the people had ushered them out God had miraculously we saw last week provided them with plenty of riches the, the people in Egypt poured riches on them as they left that's where they got the gold and the silver to make the golden calf unfortunately and so, they say, remember to keep the feast of unleavened bread. Seven days shalt thou eat unleavened bread, as I commanded thee. You see, leaven, leaven speaks to us 
of sin. And they were to keep themselves away from sin. All through scripture, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and, and, and beware of the leaven of the Sadducees and the leaven of Herod. Jesus spoke again and again to keep the people away from the sins around them. And he says, you have to keep the feast of unleavened bread. Seven days shalt thou eat unleavened bread. A picture of us keeping ourselves unspotted from the world around us. We are to live holy lives and we're to live and do holy works. We have been created in Jesus Christ, it says in Ephesians, unto good works. By grace are ye saved through faith and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. But then it goes on to say we're created in Christ Jesus unto good works. You know, when, we're, when we become Christians, when we accept Christ as our Savior and our sins are forgiven, then we just don't get a, a, a revamped nature. We just don't turn over a new leaf. We are a new creation in Jesus Christ. And then, and then only are we capable of doing works which please God. Up until then, anything we do to try, our, to try and work our salvation is like a filthy rag. A filthy, dirty rag which is discarded, a blood-stained rag. That's what God says about our good works before, before we're Christians. But after we become Christians, then we are created in Christ Jesus unto good works. And it is only then that we can please God by what we do. Because our, we are a new creation in Christ those who have had this work of recreation in our lives done, we are spoken about, it says that we are created in Christ. A new creation. I am a new creation. No more in condemnation. Here in the grace of God I stand. And you know, when we see something new, it should be obvious to the people around us. And when we have that new creation which has gone in on inside us, it should be evident on the outside. Kellogg's used to have on the back of some of their lorries. Uh, if it says Kellogg's on the inside, it is on the outside, it is, it's Kellogg's on the inside. Showing that what was outside was inside. And it works the other way. When we're Christians, if we have the power of God inside us, it should show in our lives and in how we act and how we behave and in the works that we do. We are saved by grace and created in Jesus Christ unto good works. In verses 19 and 20 it goes on to say that all these uh, the, that openeth the matrix is mine and every firstling among the cattle whether of ox or sheep that is male but the firstling of an ass thou shalt redeem with a lamb. And if thou redeem him not, then thou shalt break his neck. And all the firstborn of thy sons thou shalt redeem. None shall appear before me empty. All the firstborn of thy sons thou shalt redeem. If we go, back, go on to Numbers chapter 3 and verse 13, we'll see what it says here. Because all the firstborn are mine, 
For on the day that I smote all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, I hallowed unto me all the firstborn in Israel, both man and beast. Mine shall they be, I am the Lord. Go on to Numbers, on a bit further, Numbers 18 and verse 16. And those that are to be redeemed, from a month old, this is talking about the children, from a month old shalt thou redeem, according to thine estimation, for the money of five shekels, after the shekel of the sanctuary, which is twenty girls. And then it goes on to say, the firstling of a cow, and the firstling of a sheep, or the firstling of a goat, they shall not redeem. They are holy, they are the Lord's. You know, what happened? When, when a baby was born, apparently, what happened was the, the baby uh, was the firstborn in the family. Then the, the, the father, after about 30 days, sent for uh, one of the sons of Aaron. And there was a discussion. The, he's, the, 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 the mother had the baby there, and the, the priest took it, and he says, is this your son? And then he would have queried, apparently, if this was the firstborn or if she'd had a miscarriage or a, if she'd had a, 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 any children before it. And she said, no. Well, then he says, you've, you've never had another child? And she says, no. And he says, then, this baby belongs to God. But you can redeem it. He turned to the father, do you wish to redeem the baby? He says, yes, I do. And then he had to pay over the, 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 the redemption price and the priest handed the baby back to them. The baby had been redeemed. And in, in, that was going by what we read in Numbers 18, verse 16. Thou shalt redeem the firstborn of a month old for five shekels. And they handed the money over and that baby was redeemed. That's one reason perhaps why Jesus in, in, in Luke, was. it says in Luke 2.27 And he came by the Spirit into the temple, that was old Simeon And when the parents brought in this child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law Jesus fulfilled all the law for righteousness You see, originally the firstborn of every family was the priest in the family but then there was a, uh, the Levites were introduced and the firstborn of man and of unclean animals as we read in Numbers 3 therefore they had to be redeemed. So there we have it the firstling of all unclean animals had to be redeemed as we see with the ass in verse 20. They were either the firstborn of unclean animals it was either redeemed or sold for the price and the money was given to the, the priest and then it goes on to say and I wondered about this when I was reading this last night but the firstling of an ass thou shalt redeem with a lamb and if thou redeem him not then thou shalt break his neck now an ass was an unclean animal and how did you redeem this unclean animal with a lamb a lamb had to be brought instead of the ass because the ass was unclean and then the rest of that verse it goes on to say about a man man you see is unclean man is sinful and we are grouped in that verse with an ass and if that ass wasn't redeemed its neck was broken 
And we are unclean. The ass was redeemed by a lamb. How have we been redeemed? How have we been redeemed? For we are not redeemed with corruptible things such as silver and gold, but by the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. The ass, the unclean animal, was redeemed with a lamb. Man is unclean, man is sinful, man is guilty of punishment by death, but we have been redeemed, not with corruptible things, as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but we're redeemed by the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Green's literal translation makes it a little bit clearer. Knowing that not with corruptible things, silver or gold, you were redeemed from your worthless way of life, handed down from your fathers. Our life was worthless in God's sight. But with the precious blood of Christ, as of an unblemished and unspotted lamb. Oh, we have been redeemed. In God's sight, we were grouped in there with an ass, an unclean ass, whose neck should have been broken. It was guilty of death, unless it was redeemed with a lamb. And we, we were guilty of sin. We are, in God's sight, guilty. The soul that sinneth, it shall die. But we have been redeemed by a lamb, the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And then it goes on to, to, to bring in how the people were to react in their, in their daily lives throughout the year. Keeping the Sabbath rest. You may work six days and on the seventh day you shall rest. In plowing time, plowing time, earing time is plowing time. And in harvest, you shall rest. Whatever time of the year, they were to rest on the Sabbath day. There was no excuse. Even if they were busy bringing in the harvest, or they were busy plowing the fields up, they had to rest. We all need time to rest not to rest and do nothing about it but to meditate on God's word we need to rest whatever we're doing if we're plowing we might be plowing for the, in, in, in the harvest field of God or we may be involved in, in, in some form of reaping in God's harvest field nevertheless we need to take time to rest, to meditate on God's word. We have that story in Mark. Jesus and the apostles, they were gathered. And they gathered unto Jesus and told him everything that had happened. They'd come back and they were excited. And everything he told them what had been done and what had happened to them. 
you know, there was a crowd around them. There was a crowd, and they didn't even have time to eat. We think we're busy sometimes. They didn't even have time to eat. And what did Jesus say? Come ye yourselves apart into a desert place and rest a while. For there were many coming and going, and they had no leisure so much as to eat. Oh, they were busy doing what God had told them to do. But even then, Jesus said, Come ye yourselves apart and rest a while. We can be too busy, maybe doing what we think is the right thing. But even the apostles, Jesus said to them, Come, come ye, have a rest. I wonder what they did. They have a little Bible class with Jesus and he, he, he revived them. Meditate and think about the things of God. And they departed into a desert place by ship privately. Oh yes, you need to get away. Think about things now and again. We'll sing this hymn maybe later, but I, I, I wrote it all out. I typed it all out. Take time to be holy. Spend oft with thy Lord. Abide in him always and feed on his word. Make friends of God's children. Help those who are weak, forgetting in nothing his blessing to seek. Take time to be holy. The world rushes on. Spend much time in secret with Jesus alone. By looking to Jesus, like him thou shalt be. Thy friends in thy conduct his likeness shall see. Take time to be holy. Let him be thy guide. And run not before him, whatever betide. In joy or in sorrow, still follow the Lord. And looking to Jesus, still trust in his word. Take time to be holy. Be calm in thy soul. Each thought and each motive beneath his control. Thus led by his spirit to fountains of love, thou soon shalt be fitted for service above. So let us take time to be holy. And then God reminded them of the feast of first fruits. The feast of first fruits. After the day after the Sabbath at the end of the, the Feast of Unleavened Bread. The high priest went out into the valley of Kidron and he cut a ceremonial sheaf of wheat and he brought it into the temple and he waved it as a wave offering before the Lord. And it was, it was exciting because that was a, a looking forward to the, the harvest which was going to come. The Feast of Firstfruits. You can read it in Leviticus chapter 23 if you want to and it gave thanks for the harvest to come we, we, you know there's going to be a great harvest in heaven someday we're all going to be gathered up there it's going to be wonderful after the resurrection our Lord went out as well out into that valley and he it says in Corinthians but now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept the same day the, the feast of first fruits there was Christ out there a, a living example of the, the feast every man in his own order Christ the first fruits after they that are Christ's at his coming there will be a great ingathering of harvest for which we, we look forward to it and then he goes on to say in, and thou shalt observe the feast of weeks Pentecost 
All these feasts came one after the other uh, at various times. Fifty days after the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the Feast of Harvest, it's sometimes called, and the 16th day of the month of Nisan, which was the second day of the Passover, they counted 49 days, which was seven weeks, and the day after that, the 50th day, was the Feast of Pentecost. And it was the time, of course, we know, when the Holy Spirit was poured out on the early church. It was a time of the ingathering. The starting of the ingathering. What a wonderful ingathering there was on that first Pentecost. Thousands of people responding to the word of God through Peter. And they were saved and baptized. The purpose of this feast was to commemorate the completion of the grain harvest. And we look forward to the time when people will be ingathered into the into heaven and also it was a time when they had to bring a free will offering they had to bring a free will offering seven weeks thou shalt number unto thee begin to number the seven weeks from such time as thou beginnest to put the sickle to the, the corn and thou shalt keep the feast of weeks unto the Lord thy God with a tribute of a free will offering in thine hand. Oh yes, when God has blessed us, we should return thanks and offerings to God, which thou shalt give unto the Lord thy God according to the Lord thy God, as the Lord thy God hath blessed thee. As God has blessed thee, that's what they were supposed to do. That was the, 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 the measure. And if we think of the way, the measure God has blessed us, how could we ever repay him? And then I thought this was lovely. This is reading from Deuteronomy 16. And thou shalt rejoice before the Lord thy God and thy son and thy daughter and thy manservant and thy maidservant and the Levite that is in their gates and the stranger and the fatherless and the widow that are among you. They're all going to rejoice. It was a great joyous occasion. It was supposed to be Everybody was supposed to be, the strangers, the Levites, the fatherless, everybody was to rejoice before the Lord because God had blessed them with this abundant harvest. And the widow that is among you, in the place which the Lord thy God hath chosen to place his name. Oh, must have been a wonderful party, wonderful time of rejoicing, a wonderful feast. And thou shalt remember that thou wast a bondman in Egypt. Oh, we have been redeemed by the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he has blessed us so abundantly. And we're to rejoice in that. And then there were, the, the, the three, the, there were three times when the males, three of these feasts, when the males were to appear before the Lord. He said, I'm going to cast out the nations before you. I've got, I'm making this new covenant with you. I'm, I'm renewing a lot of the things that I said before. And I'm going to drive out these people from this land. If you, if you will obey me, if you will do what I have commanded you to do, I'm going to drive out your enemies. And when you come up to appear before me at the, the temple or at the tabernacle, you know, nobody, you're not going to be, your land is going to be safe. You're going to be protected. 
And you know, we, we used to sing that thing, I'm safe because I'm sheltered by Jesus' precious blood, and I'm sure because he's promised and he cannot change his word. I'm safe. Safe in the arms of Jesus. He gives us protection. Guaranteed. And they were guaranteed. Moving on, we have to move on. Let's move on to verse 27. And Moses wrote these words down. And the wonderful thing, he, brought, he wrote these things down. And then he, he went down the mountain. And the people were waiting. Forty days he'd been up there. Forty nights. He didn't eat or drink. A miracle. You know, God had said to Moses, we saw last week, that he was going to do some awesome things. And he had done some awesome things through Moses. And, and, but he said, I'm going to do even more awesome things. And he'd walked down the mountain, having been up there for 40 days and 40 nights, and he hadn't eaten or drunk. And he came to meet the people. And he didn't realize that his face was shining. He didn't realize it. Amazing. His face shone with the, the reflected glory of God on his face. And the people, were, the sad thing is, the people were afraid. Oh, the, they, they, they obviously backed down. Had they, I wonder had they guilt. You know, they treated Moses so badly, they had let him down. And they'd let God down. And he'd gone up to plead for them, remember? That was the reason he'd gone up, to, to try and plead on behalf. God said, I'm going to start, start afresh with you, Moses. Forget about all these others. I'm going to start a whole new nation with you. And Moses said, no, Lord, you, these are your people. Work with these people. He was, he was the, a lovely character. Most of us would have jumped at that. Gosh, a whole new nation starting with me. No, no, Moses said, these are your people, Lord. Work with them. Wonder were they guilty about when they saw that Moses, his face shining. You know, the, the, the hymn that I read out there, that verse, it says, take time to be holy, the world rushes on. Spend much time in secret with Jesus alone. By looking to Jesus, like him thou shalt be. Thy friends in thy conduct, his likeness shall see. Only when we spend time with God, that we spend time with the Lord Jesus, that we shall become more and more like him. And then the people around us, it should be obvious, as it says about Peter and the others, they took note that they had been with Jesus. We cannot see the full beauty of our Lord, but someday, someday we shall see him face to face. John, 1 John two, 3 verse 2. Beloved, now are we the sons of God and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. Corinthians. For now we see through a glass darkly. But then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know even as also I am known. Someday we shall see our Saviour face to face. Someday we shall be like him. But let us try and grow into the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
always conscious of this when you see little kids. Uh, a few weeks ago, I said it before, there was a little fellow in Foy, and his father was walking along like this, and the little guy was walking, and he was just the image of his father. He was following close after his father. He was walking exactly the same way as his father walked. And it was such a, 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 a parable to me. If we're walking close to our Lord, we'll walk like him. We'll talk like him. And hopefully we'll look like him. It'll show on our faces. Because if our Christianity doesn't show, as Kellogg said, if it's Kellogg's on the inside, it must be Kellogg's on the outside or the other way around. But it works with Christianity as well. If we say we're Christians and it's not showing in our lives, well then we need to look, examine. It said last week, take heed, examine your faith. Just in closing. Oh, if with eyes defiled and dim we see the signs but see not him. Oh, may his love the scales displace and bid us see his lovely face. We want to get a glimpse of the Lord Jesus Christ this morning. Because it is only when we see him high and lifted up as we started with the hymn when we said, you know, the, the, the praise and glory in heaven is to the Lamb. It is only when we follow that, the words of that hymn again. It says, don't rush on. What was it it said? Take time to be holy. Let him be thy guide. Run not before him. Don't try and run ahead. Whatever be tied. In joy or in sorrow, still follow the Lord. And looking to Jesus, still trust in his word. Let the beauty of Jesus be seen in me. All his wondrous compassion and purity. O oh, my Savior divine, all my nature refine. Till the beauty of Jesus be seen in me. Amen.